We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. It is fun Friday. The Lakers draft has come and gone. What's going to happen next in free agency? Let's talk about who they picked up last night in the NBA draft. We'll talk about what's next as well. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. We've got plenty to break down on this show. Before we dive into all of it, though, and we've got, again, a lot to discuss here today, uh, I do want to mention we are live a little bit earlier than usual for Fun Friday to kick off the weekend of a little bit of a scheduling conflict. So going a little bit earlier for this show, uh, but so much on my mind coming out of that draft anyway. I didn't want to wait any longer to dive into all of these topics. The Lakers picking up Jalen Hutzcafino, picking up Maxwell Lewis, Colin Castleton as an undrafted free agent, Demoy Hodge. You've got you've got some interesting additions here. Alex Fudge as well joining the Lakers. So we need to talk about the draft. We need to talk about these guys and then what this means big picture for the Lakers. And that's really where I want to start this show. I want to start things off with our more than meets the eye segment sponsored by Oakley. Head over to oakley.com. Check out their wide selection of sunglasses. Absolutely phenomenal stuff there. But for more than meets the eye, look, Oakley always goes a little bit deeper. Digs a little bit deeper. Gives you a little bit more. And that's what I want to talk about in regards to the Lakers draft. Because I've seen the reaction out there. I've seen the reaction where a lot of people are saying, why didn't the Lakers trade the pick? Why didn't what, the Lakers, I've seen a lot of people saying, the Lakers sold, which is the term we use now right the lakers sold the lakers did not do what they needed to do in the draft they should have traded the pick lebron needs to win right now why would they have not traded this pick also seeing a lot of people saying that jhs should not have been the pick um i think we need to dig a little bit deeper on this when we're looking at this situation so when the boston celtics made the move they made in order to get Kristaps porzingis when the phoenix suns made the move they made to get bradley beal a lot of Lakers fans started to get a little antsy. Okay, what are the Lakers doing? Well, the, the Celtics did this. The Suns did this. What are the Lakers doing? Why have they not done anything yet? I had people asking that constantly. And 
as much as it's easy to say, well, the Celtics got Porzingis and what did they give up? Gave up Marcus Smart, but nothing in terms of draft capital, right? Um, except for the 35th pick. The and actually added draft capital in that trade. The Clippers were going to be part of that deal. They were going to give up the 30th pick and get a player like Malcolm Brogdon. He's a pretty good player, the reigning sixth man of the year. That was what the 30th pick was going to net them. So the, the trade math then would suggest that, okay, the Lakers with the 17th pick, man, if the 30th pick gets you Brogdon, if the Suns can give up nothing and get Bradley Beal, ooh, what can the Lakers get? with the 17th pick what can they get with 17 plus mo bamba plus malik beasley those salaries out there what can they do and that got hopes up really really high i know the lakers were listening they were listening to offers with those pieces in mind right they were listening to find out what they could get but it has to be the right deal the right deal has to be on the table. It has to be the exact right situation. You can't just say, oh, because this team got this for this pick, that means the Lakers should be able to get even more. In theory, yes. But what if that's not out there? If that deal simply isn't on the table, there's not much you can do. I had a lot of people messaging me saying, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. How? The math doesn't work. The math doesn't work with Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley to equate to Miles Turner and Buddy Heald doesn't work so when we're looking at these situations you have to remember that sometimes when we go a little deeper we take a step back we look at the situation sometimes no deal is the correct move as frustrating as that might be say oh my gosh they should have gotten a star for this pick well if a star wasn't available then isn't the correct move to hang on to the pick especially in this draft where we know there's some really talented players here now, Jalen Hood-Scafino, on the surface, you can say he's a questionable fit. He is at his best handling the ball in pick and roll. And so we talked about this going into this draft that Jalen Hood-Scafino, good player, but 33% shooter from three. Look, there is some reason to believe that he can do better than that from behind the arc, but he's not the knockdown shooter, the Lakers. He's a great defender. And so he'll help the Lakers there, certainly. But not necessarily the easy fit. Like when we talk about Max Lewis, the 40th pick, easy fit. Easy fit, totally makes sense. 3 and D style player. Yeah, the defense maybe needs some work, but but clearly the kind of guy that you go after, right? Kind of like Max Christie, where you know this is his skill set, this is how he fits, this is how this all comes together. Jalen Hutzkafino, you look at it and you say, how, how does this work? On a team with LeBron, on a team with Austin Reeves, team with Anthony Davis, maybe D'Lo comes back. What about Dennis Schroeder? What does Jalen hood Scafino do when he's at his best operating on ball in pick-and-roll situations? It's a fair question. But I also say this. We're ripping the Charlotte Hornets right now for going fit over talent right, with Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson. Now, it could turn out that the Hornets were right and Brandon Miller winds up being the better player. That is certainly within the realm of possibility, but that is the criticism that Charlotte Hornets are hearing today. 
that they went fit over talent by taking Brandon Miller, a forward over Scoot Henderson, a guard. Shouldn't we give the Lakers the benefit of the doubt there too? That maybe they are going with the best talent that was on the board? That even though the fit might be a little questionable right now, they thought, hey, let's get the best player, period, and then we'll figure it out from there. And I know we can say, well, Cam Whitmore was still out there. But we've heard some stuff, right? There's a reason why so many teams passed on Cam Whitmore. There's a reason why at one point he was five. He was mocked to go five to Detroit. He fell to 20. There's a reason why all those teams passed on him. And it's not just they got scared or weren't expecting him to be there. There were issues. There were issues that caused teams to say, nah, I don't know about this. Hood Scafino is a guy who could be a Lakers guard for a long, long time. You look at the archetype, you look at the skill set, you look at the, the defensive intensity, you look at the mentality that he approaches the game with. Is he a perfect fit on the offensive end with LeBron? No. But we could be heading into the final year of LeBron. And you might say, well, that's even a further argument to trade the pick. Fair enough, right? But if that trade's not there, you can have Jalen Hutzkafino on your team for a long, long time. And maybe you find yourself, sooner rather than later, needing that ball-handling guard with size. And I'm not saying the Lakers don't need him this season. They need players with size who can help them out on the glass, who can help them out defensively. I think he can do those things for you. But we need to think of this as a long-term pick. And sometimes, and I think we were probably guilty of this as well, we get too caught up with immediate fit. And there's a reason for it when you've got LeBron on your team. But if there isn't a, a trade that's worth it on the table for you, you make the best pick available. And I'm a big proponent of going best player over best fit. And I think that's what the Lakers did in the draft here. They took the best player. They took the guy that they feel is high character. They took the guy that's hard work. They took the guy, and you listen to it. The Lakers put out their interview with, or not their interview, their phone call with them, where they told him that they were picking him. And they said, Rob Palenka told him that it was the conversation they had with him that sold them on this kid. That means something. They see something in him. They see a mentality. And that's the thing that sometimes, as much as we look, we dig into this guy shoots X percent from three. This guy blocks this many shots. This guy's assist to turnover ratio is X, right? We dig into all the numbers, all the stats, and we can say, well, this guy on the court fits this way, this way, this way. And we spend all this time doing that. But we don't know these players personally. We don't get that part of it. Sure, we get interviews and things like that with players from time to time. And more of those are going to be coming. But the Lakers are going to have a better sense of who a person is. And that makes a big, big difference in terms of NBA success. You can have a guy who has all the talent in the world. They don't have the right mindset. It's not going to work. Conversely, you can have a guy with a great mindset who maybe doesn't have all the talent, who can carve out a niche in the NBA and, and wind up sticking around if they are good enough. You get a guy who's uber talented and has the right mindset. And we're talking Kobe, right? Not saying that JHS is going to be Kobe, just saying when you find that certain mindset, that mentality, that guy that you think is not going to get to the NBA and say, well, I'm an NBA player now, but that guy that's going to push to take it to the next level, if they feel like that's what they found in JHS, then this could wind up very well paying off. But again, 
I think when we look at this draft, we have to dig a little bit deeper and factor in those kinds of things as far as why the Lakers did what they did, why they didn't trade the pick, which was disappointing to some, and why they went with a guy who right now may be a questionable offensive fit. It's very possible that down the road, we're looking at this and saying, wow, how did they get this guy at 17? Could happen. Also want to say this, you know, this is this Lakers scouting department has done such a phenomenal job finding talent. Almost every time when I've thought they should have gone with someone else, the pick they made turned out to be correct. Mo Wagner was not an example of that. I wanted Mitchell Robinson. They took Mo Wagner. Should have got Mitchell Robinson, clearly. Now, but a number of other guys they've picked, and I went, ooh, I was hoping they were going to get somebody else, and it turned out to be the absolute right pick. So I think they have earned that kind of equity with Lakers fans. Let's see what he's got. Let's see what JHS has and go from there. By the way, summer league schedule dropped today. Lakers are going to play on the 7th. They're going to play early on the night, the 1 o'clock game. On the 9th, they're going to be taking on the Hornets with Brandon Miller. Uh, so if you're heading out to Las Vegas, just be aware. I've, I've been going to summer league for years, and I can't think of a time when the Lakers had an afternoon game. This is bizarre. Uh, they've always had the evening game. So they actually have an early game on the 9th. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be out there. So hopefully if you see us, say hi. It'll be a lot of fun. Summer league that's coming up in just a few weeks. All right. Let's get into some of your questions and comments here. Are you content with running it back? Because I'm not. Who said they're running it back? Right? Who said they're running it back? We've seen the draft. That's it. Free agency, the trade market. Yeah, there was some trade stuff going on on draft day, but we have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. There's no sense the Lakers are just running it back here. Now, we've said, and the Lakers have said very publicly, that what they would like to do is keep most of their young core together, their young pieces, Reed, you know, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, and what they want to do is then add some peripheral pieces, add some guys to enhance what they've got. But that's not running it back. That's If you're saying you want the Lakers to make some massive change, go swing for the fences. What happened the last time they did that? They got Russell Westbrook, and we were miserable for a year and a half. I think they showed something with this team post-trade deadline. They showed the potential of this group. They showed what happens when you put a team that really fits together alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I think that that's the goal here. Now, if something big falls in their lap, maybe they'll consider it. But I don't look at the Lakers, what they're doing right now, and think, oh, they're just running it back. I think you're going to add some pieces that can help. And depending on what you do, you could have access to the full mid-level exception, $12.2 million to go spend on the market. A lot of guys that you could potentially get with that. Or you could bring back some guys and then use your taxpayer mid-level. It's possible we see a sign and trade. The Lakers have never been afraid to make big moves, sometimes to their detriment. But I wouldn't just assume they're running it back, nor would I look at bringing back most of these pieces, but then enhancing them with some new guys as simply running it back. Because I think they've found some things here. But if you can add the right pieces, and maybe they're not the splashiest names, but you can enhance what you've already got and take it to another level. 
running it back, if you literally just brought back the entire team, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they are going to make tweaks. They are going to make some tweaks. Julian says, I never want to hear Buddy Heald to the Lakers again. <laughs> Anywho, I like what we did in the draft. Let's see what we do in free agency. I hope Fred Van Vliet will take $20 million a year. Uh, we still don't have a point guard we can trust. So, Fred Van Vliet, what I've seen is he's wanting closer to 30, 30 million, 28 million plus. That's what we're talking for Fred Van Vliet. And the word came out yesterday, I believe, that Jeremy Grant wants 30 million as well. Look, what you want and what you get, not often the same thing, you know? Uh, I, I want to make 30 million a year too. But what's you, what you want and what you get are not always the same. So I'm not saying they're going to get that. But I think if we're looking at this, and from a fan perspective, certainly you want to get these guys on, on cost control contracts, on contracts that are, you know, bargains and everything. That's not where their mindsets are. Nor should they be, right? If I'm Jeremy Grant, if I'm Fred Van Vliet, I'm thinking this might be my last big contract. Who knows? As I get older... Who knows what's going to happen from here? If I'm signing a four-year deal, this might be my last shot at a big deal. I need to get every penny I can. So I wouldn't assume that you're getting Fred Van Vliet for $20 million a year. If it happens, great. But even then, in order to make it happen, you would need to do a double sign-and-trade with D'Angelo Russell. Now, that's unless you decide, well, we don't want Rui Hachimura. We're going to release his cap hold. We're going to clear cap space. That sort of thing, right? Which is not the path I'm expecting them to go down. But... Assuming they want to keep most of their guys and you want Fred Van Vliet, the Toronto Raptors would have to also want D'Angelo Russell in order to do a double sign and trade there. And they would have to be willing to pay D'Angelo Russell 20 million plus. So I would not say that's super likely. However, Fred Van Vliet is a clutch sports client. So if there's any chance that they can make it happen, you know, they'll give it their best shot, but I wouldn't be holding my breath, and I certainly wouldn't be expecting Fred VanVleet to take $20 million. As, as nice as it would be, look, if you can get him for that, absolutely, you do it. But I don't think that's going to be in the cards. I just don't think so. Uh, still don't have a point guard we can trust. Yeah, I mean, what was the, who was the last point guard the Lakers could trust? I guess LeBron, right? If we want to consider LeBron a point guard in 2020. It's been a while since the Lakers have had just a really steady, consistent point guard. It's been a long time. So D'Angelo Russell, is he the point guard you can trust? Well, based on what he did in the, in the Western Conference final, Finals, probably not. But he's still good. I think he's still a very good player. Uh, maybe the answer is Austin Reeves. Maybe he winds up playing the point guard position. We know that he can. We know that he can. Ali said, I wish we traded for a vet. The West is stacked. Yeah, I think if the right trade was there, they would have moved it. I think if the right trade trades there, they would have moved it. And from everything I heard, even from within the team, like they were they were gonna listen to options. It's not like they they weren't desperate to trade it or anything, but they were gonna listen. And if something that made sense came up, they were gonna do it. Um, for the Lakers, there were reports that the, the Rockets were trying to move up, trying to get the Lakers pick, trying to get uh the Warriors pick, trying to get uh, any pick that they could in there. And they weren't able to do so because teams liked the guys that were on the board at 16, 17, 18, 19. The Rockets were trying to move up from 20. And I don't know what the Rockets could have even offered at that point. So I think there were opportunities to maybe move back a little bit, but I don't think 
the opportunity to move back and get like Dorian Finney-Smith was necessarily on the table. My guess is that the Nets said, we want 17 for DFS. We want 17 for Royce O'Neal. We're not giving you 21 or 22 coming back. And so that's ultimately the way that it went. All right, I've got uh, Sanjay. So draft was a wash. You have to pay them by the time the pick is valuable and developed. I mean, you've got, what, four or five years of team control? And I think that's one of the benefits of JHS is that he's more capable of hitting the ground running. Like Bilal Koulibaly, who wound up with Washington, which is a fine pick, it's going to be a while before he's ready, ready. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case with JHS. Like physically, he's like he's strong. He's a big, strong, physical guard. And yeah, he's not as, quite as explosive as you would want, but I think he is more ready than some other players would be. Interestingly enough, when I look at comps for JHS and I think about his game, like there's, I see a little bit of Derek White, a little bit of Malcolm Brogdon, but there's also a little bit of D'Angelo Russell in that he gets defenders on his hip. He's not the most explosive guy, but he uses his body well, uses his positioning well, sees the floor fairly well for his passes. Um, not the same player at all as D'Lo, but there's some little elements to how he uses his body positioning. Much better defender, though. Um, the upside defensively is tremendous with him. He's not a Case and Wallace level defender, but he could be a very, very good defensive player for this Lakers team and just be that, you know, people are talking about, oh, they haven't had a consistent point guard. He could wind up being that. He could wind up being a steady, consistent point guard option for years to come. Uh, as far as the draft draft being a watch, like taking time for players to develop. Yeah, but when they do, you've got them on pretty good deals. And that's that's critical. I mean, look, Austin has been in the NBA for two years and he was what the Lakers third best player. Now he's not typical, but the Lakers have been able to find guys and take advantage of having those guys on the rookie contract and um, not taking up too much cap space. And that's what they're going to have now. In Max Lewis, that's what they're going to have. And Jalen Hood Scafino, you've got guys who are going to be on these long-term deals. By the way, Max Lewis, there's a rule named after the man, the Rob Palenka rule. This better not be a two-year deal for Max Lewis. I'm going to lose it. The Lakers keep making the same mistake. Like opposing teams have looked at the Lakers and said, what are they doing? They kept, they signed Taylor Horton Tucker to a two-year contract, Austin Reeves to a two-year contract, Max Christie to a two-year contract. Other teams are going, oh, we'll just save a little bit of our mid-level exception and give them more. And sign them for three years, sign them for four years. They don't know what the Lakers are doing. And that's caused the Lakers to now have to pay Austin a year early. They had to pay Taylor Horton Tucker a year early. They'll have to pay Max Christie a year early. We're talking about summer of 2024. Finally, the NBA said, all right, Rob, we're going to do you a favor. and We're going to get rid of this. You don't have to save any of your mid-level exception to give extra years to your third or to your second and undrafted players. So I'm expecting to see like a three or four year deal for Max Lewis. Um, and he's a guy who I think can fit really well for a long time. All right, Eric said free agency, Josh Richardson. Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, Harrison Barnes, Plumley, Nas Reed. Yep, I like that. Uh, Ubre, Dante DiVincenzo. I want a Grady Dick to fall to the Lakers so bad. I wouldn't mind bringing back uh, Gabe. So Wenyan Gabriel. TB, I'm assuming, is 
Troy Brown, not Thomas Bryant, and Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. So free agent targets. That's where the Lakers are going to be able to, to now do some work. Depending on, do they bring back Dilo? How much do they pay him? What does it cost to keep Ruby? What does it cost to keep Austin? What are your trade opportunities? They may have a full mid-level exception to use. And if they do, that maybe that's enough to get them Najee Reed, who I think his motor would be a great fit for the Lakers. Uh, his ability to shoot outside is probably just good enough. So he's an interesting fit. If not, maybe you look at Plumlee. Could you split your mid-level exception between Kelly Oubre and uh, Mason Plumlee? Might that be worth it? Could you do something like that? Dante DiVincenzo might take your full mid-level, but he could be another really good guard coming in, uh, especially on the defensive end. He can help you out. Harrison Barnes, he gets he gets so much flack. Every time I bring up Harrison Barnes, people are just negative, negative, negative with him. He's pretty good in terms of being a wing who can who just makes smart plays. He's a veteran, shoots well from three. I know he had some struggles in, in the playoffs, but I still think he's a good fit for a lot of teams. Uh, Josh Richardson as well. A wing who can shoot the three. Great. That's one of the things I think the Lakers could use. Now, coming out of this draft, when we start looking at what their roster build is at the moment, um, they could probably use another wing player. We know they need a big. Maybe you can say with Jalen Hood-Scafino in the mix at guard, assuming as a, a 17th pick, he's probably going to be, if not in the rotation, at least uh, a part of the, the thought process. So do you need to bring in another guard? If you bring back, if you bring back D'Lo, maybe you're good with a rot guard rotation of, of JHS, D'Lo, and Austin Reeves. Maybe. So I look at what the Lakers need to do in free agency, and I think another wing would be great. If you can bring Troy Brown back on a veteran minimum, I'd do that in a second. Uh, even if you want to give him the bump uh, and, and pay him whatever it is, 120%, I believe, of the veteran minimum you can give him with his non-bird rights. Yeah, I'd do that. Bring him back. Dennis, if you can bring him back on the right deal, yeah, absolutely. I thought he was really good for the Lakers last season, particularly on that contract. What you don't want to do is pay Dennis like your full mid-level exception or something. But if you can bring Dennis back, yeah, bring him back. Bring him back on board, and, uh, and then you'd have an even deeper guard rotation. Sorry, this is the time of year when any notification you're instantly checking for any kind of Woj bomb or anything like that. Uh, Wenyan Gabriel, I don't know. I don't know about Wenyan Gabriel. I don't know. Um, this is... Wenyan, I wouldn't mind him as part of the guard rotation as long as you still have him on a minimum deal or as part of the big rotation. But you need a true big. You need a real big, true five that can protect the rim that can play either with Anthony Davis or uh, behind Anthony Davis. That's what you need. That's what you need. And if you have that, then I'm fine with Wendy Gabriel. But as kind of a third change of pace, big. But the priority has to be, I need that guy, that guy to play with AD or behind Anthony Davis. Sanjay said, if you're not going all in to win, might as well trade LeBron and AD now. Who said they're not going all in to win? It's not like they need a third superstar to win a chip. Go get a center and a three and D wing player. Yeah, I, I think that's what they're going to try to do. Just go get a center. Maybe try to get a three. Do, do what you can in free agency. Maybe you find a trade. But yeah, I don't think that uh, not trading the 17th pick is an indication that they're not going all in to try to win right now. I mean, look, 
What if the best offer for 17, let's just throw something out there. What if the best offer they got for 17 was Royce O'Neal and a second? Are you like, if they did that trade, we'd be furious right now, right? People would be losing their minds. We don't know what was presented to them. So we can't just look and say, oh, they didn't trade 17. Clearly, they aren't serious about winning. We don't know what offers were on the table. Now, again, if it comes out that, I don't know, the Clippers offered Paul George for the 17th pick and you didn't do it, you're crazy, right? But we don't know what they were what they were offered. So I don't think it's fair to just say, well, clearly they're, they're not trying to win because they didn't trade the pick. We don't know what was on the table for them. Now, the hope was that maybe they could get Royce O'Neal in 21, Royce O'Neal in 22. But if the Nets weren't willing to do that, what do you do? Do you trade all the way back to 26 with the Pacers? Would they do that? I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't. Pacers were already moving some other picks. So, again, I don't think this is necessarily an indication that they're not serious about winning. I also don't think that they're done. We still have free agency coming up, and there's going to be opportunities to make moves. Uh, Rob Palenka did say in his interview, you can't make all big moves in one night. So he still uses his piece, this piece for a bigger trade like Gasol. Oh, like when they traded for Pau Gasol. Yeah. So what you're going to be looking for, if you are, I'm not saying I don't necessarily fall in this category, but if you are the type of person who right now is keeping their fingers crossed that Jalen Hood-Scafino is still going to get traded, that they're going to trade the 17th pick. Here's what you want to not hear. You do not want to hear the Lakers have signed Jalen Hood-Scafino. That's what you don't want to hear. Because right now, the Lakers could trade Jalen Hood-Scafino. They could trade him at this moment. As soon as they sign him to his contract, they can't trade him for 30 days. So that if you hear the news that he has signed his rookie contract, then you know for sure he's not being traded anytime soon. Okay, Rules are, can't be traded for 30 days after you've signed your rookie contract. So that is the key thing you're going to be listening for if you think that Jalen Hood-Scafino is going to get put in a trade uh, in the next week or, or whatever for Summer League. I That's not the sense I've got. Everything I've heard is that, yeah, they want to keep him. I don't. That's not what I'm predicting is going to happen. But in order for that to be possible, for them to move him, he can't sign his contract. He can't sign his contract. If he does, you can't trade him for 30 days. Okay? So that's what you're all looking for. Um, as far as not making all the big new moves in one night, absolutely. Yeah, you got to be patient. Now you got to have a sense of what's potentially out there in free agency and on the trade market as well. And by the way, D'Angelo Russell, if they do an extension with him, that could come right now. It doesn't. They don't have to wait until the 30th to do it. They could do that right now if they wanted to. So anytime between now and the 30th, they could do an extension. If they want to sign him to a new contract, they could do that after the 30th, which is when free agency starts. All right. I uh, want to pause for just a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Game Time. Ticket buying can be extremely stressful. I particularly, you guys know me, right? You know, when you see me watch games over on playback and we're doing the play by play, you see how stressed out I get uh, at games. I get like that level of stress when I'm shopping for tickets because I always want to make sure I'm getting the best price. Um, and I always have that kind of 
don't know if it's reverse FOMO, like fear that the pick that I made was not the right one, that the option I went with, that there was a cheaper one somewhere else. Well, with game time, you don't have to worry about that. They have the best price guarantee, which means you don't have to stress over tickets and you can just get excited for having fun because you know that you're going to get the best price. They actually guarantee it. It's super easy to scroll through their app, find it a bunch of different events. You can even go last minute and pick something and off you go. In fact, game time, their guarantee means you'll get the best price. And if you don't, if you happen to find somewhere else, tickets in the same section and same row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. Like that's how confident they're putting money out there. That's how confident they are that they're going to give you the best price. So again, that's peace of mind for people who stress like I do. This is absolutely fantastic. So snag tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use our code Lakers nation for $20 off your first purchase terms to apply again, create an account and redeem the code Lakers nation for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's get to, uh, Alex asking the question that I just basically answered. Is it possible they could still trade the guys they drafted by when do they have to sign the draft picks? So, uh, as far as when they have to, to sign the draft picks, they, they can sign these guys whenever they want. Um, typically you want to sign guys before usually guys want to sign before summer league because they don't want to go out there and play without a contract. Um, and sometimes that's where you can see guys get held up like Julius Randall back in the day when the Lakers drafted him, we didn't know if he was going to play in summer league or not because he hadn't signed his contract yet. There were rumors that they might, he might get flipped in a trade or something like that. And um, ultimately he signed it right before I think his first summer league game and then jumped in the game. But they typically want to sign by then the NBA though, used to have a thing where once the guy signed their money counted against your books so that $3 million that Hood Scapino would, getting, would be getting just over $3 million, would count against your, your books, which in theory would take away from some of your free agent spending power if you were a cap space team. So teams wouldn't want that. So they would be waiting and waiting and waiting to sign these guys to the last minute. And sometimes that meant guys sitting out of summer league because they weren't comfortable playing in summer league without having signed their pro contract yet. So the NBA fixed that with the new CBA. Now, if you sign a guy, their money doesn't count towards your books for 30 days as well. So that helps in terms of just getting deals done. Now for the Lakers though, for trading purposes, yeah, you'd have to wait 30 days if you were to sign them. So again, if you hear, I don't know, could be an hour from now, Hoots Scafino signs his contract, you know, they're not trading. Wicked Bronco. Why do we keep the pick if we need win now pieces, especially since JHS can't shoot threes? Uh, I think, I think he will be able to shoot the three. Um, if anything, you go best available, which was Cam Whitmore, has to be a trade pick. If not, Rob, what are you doing? So, Hood Scafino, he, he, he shoots a little better than 26% from three. Again, off the top of my head, he was uh, 36, or sorry, 33% from deep. But he also shot much better than that. And just he went through a cold stretch in college. You remember, you're, you're only talking about 32 games in college. So, that's a relatively small sample size. So, it's not like you can just look and say, oh, Clearly, he just he is a 33% three-point shooter, period, moving forward, right? That's not just a guarantee or anything like that. But that's what he shot in college was 33%. Now, again, 
league average, 35, 36% right in there. So it's not like he has to get substantially better to at least be an average shooter, which is probably your best case for a rookie, which just be an average shooter for your team. But uh, why keep the pick when you need to win now pieces? Because the right deal obviously wasn't there. If the right deal was there, I think the Lakers would have taken it. But also keep in mind, there's a domino effect here where if you take a trade and you use the salaries of Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley, two guys that I think they're not sold on necessarily bringing back. And so you turn those expiring contracts that are going to be off your books next year, potentially into money that's going to be locked into your books. If you trade those guys for something, then you're going to, there's going to be an opportunity cost down the road. You're not going to have perhaps the full mid-level exception to use. You're not going to have, uh, could be even your taxpayer mid-level, depending on how much salary that you're taking on. Your biannual exception, go away. So those are things that you have to remember too. There is a domino effect here. There's an opportunity cost to trading for a win-now piece. And so if it's if it's not the right win-now piece, like what if it was somebody that's just not that exciting and they're going to eat up a bunch of salary that you don't think was going to make that big of a difference for you? If that's what's available, you're better off keeping your pick. As far as going with Cam Whitmore, again, we've heard some stuff behind the scenes. There's been some reports out there. And it sounds like just teams didn't love him in the workout process and there were some medical concerns. And look, maybe it winds up being a mistake. Maybe it winds up being the Michael Porter Jr. where you just say, you know what? This guy had some medical concerns, but we're going to draft him anyway. And it's going to turn out just great. And he's going to be good. Obviously, Porter Jr. had a few struggles in the playoffs this year. But, but still, he was better than where he was drafted. Maybe this turns out to be that. But obviously, it wasn't just the Lakers who had concerns about this guy. It wasn't just the Lakers. Uh, Sanjay, biggest trump card for LeBron is LeBron taking a pay cut or extending his contract to have a lower cap hit. Dead years added. Uh, well, he can't take a pay cut. Uh, he can't do that right now. He's under contract next year. Uh, his salary is what it is. It's going to make, I think it's like $47 million or so now that the cap is actually going up. So, because his salary is actually tied to the cap. Um, he can't, it's not like he can go to the Lakers and say, hey, pay me less this next year. His contract is what it is. Now, in 2024, if he wanted to, now he can opt in for the 2024-2025 season and have a salary of 50 plus million. If he really wanted to, he could opt out and play for the veteran minimum. I can't imagine he would do that. He would turn his salary from 50 million into like 2 million, 3 million. Can't imagine he would do that, but in theory you could. And yet he won't because what happens is look, everybody looks to LeBron. There's that story that came out what like a week or so ago that basically said that in the bubble it came down to LeBron whether or not the players were going to play again. Right? When everything was going on, uh the players all had a players only meeting and essentially it, it just, it came down to what are you doing LeBron? If LeBron was going to play, they were going to play. If LeBron wasn't going to play, that was it. it. It was probably going to end right there. So players will look at LeBron teams will look at LeBron. If LeBron takes a big pay cut teams around the NBA are going to go, see LeBron took a pay cut. Uh, can you take a pay cut for us? So we can build out a better roster. Keep in mind the salary cap structure. Yes. The players association agreed to, but it's all fake, right? Like, this isn't a naturally occurring thing or anything like that. It's not like it's a free market. NBA ownership wants the salary cap structure to be lower. They want they wanted a hard cap, right? 
Why? Because they want to be able to say, oh, sorry, guys, you know, we've got a hard cap here. We can't pay you this. So uh, can you do us a favor? If you really want to win, take a pay cut so that we can fix this situation, so that we can add talent because gosh darn these rules, the rules that owners pushed for to limit their own spending. They try to save themselves from themselves, right? So LeBron's not going to look at this and say, yeah, I need to take a pay cut. Just not. So it would go against everything he said for the last decade for him to suddenly take a huge pay cut and try to free up room for the Lakers. I just don't see that happening. Uh, Fernando, pumped about JHS. He can feast with his mid-range from day one. Yep, usually only all-stars have that skill consistently. Three-point shot will come with time. Yeah, I, I'm curious about his, ultimately, his foul-drawing ability because I think teams are going to be worried about that, uh, that mid-range shot from him. And I think he's going to have the ability to get to the line. He's got the frame for it, too. Like, he's a strong guy. He's, he's a big physical guard. And I'm curious to see what that's going to ultimately look like for him. All right, let's see what else we've got here. We'll do a few more, and then we'll head off to the weekend. Lewis said, sign and trade D'Lo. Possible still. Yeah, it is. They can still do it. There's no rule why they can't do it. Now, it's fair to ask questions like, our team's going to want D'Angelo Russell? Are they going to want to give up stuff in order to get D'Angelo Russell? Are they going to be willing to pay him the contract that he wants? I wouldn't say it's likely to happen. But yes, they could still sign and trade D'Angelo Russell to another team. If I don't know. Let's just pick a random team. The Orlando Magic decide they really want D'Angelo Russell and they tell the Lakers, hey, we want D'Lo. What kind of contract does he want? The Lakers say three years, 75 million. And the Magic say, cool, we'll pay him that. And we're so excited about paying him that that we're going to give you, I don't know, Gary Harris plus something else, right? For D'Angelo Russell. We're so excited about getting D'Angelo Russell and giving him that contract that we're willing to pay him and we're willing to give you this stuff for him in trade and we'll hard cap ourselves because that's what taking on a player in a sign and trade does. Uh, then the Lakers would, you know, you'd have to talk to D'Angelo Russell. Hey, D'Lo, do you want to go to the magic? They're going to give you the money that you want. He says, yes. Okay. Then you can execute a sign and trade. But that's a lot of stuff. It's got to happen. The magic have to want him. The magic have to want him for that salary. The magic have to be willing to give up stuff that the Lakers want for him. D'Lo has to want to go to that team, has to want to go to the team on the salary that they're willing to give him. It's not impossible. It happens. But this is why you always have to look at a sign and trade as something that's unlikely. It just takes a lot. It just takes a lot um, for it to all come together. So just keep that in mind. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be the wet blanket here or anything like that. I know it's exciting to look at trade possibilities. I just don't want there to be unrealistic expectations for what the Lakers are going to do with D'Angelo Russell. Sign and trades are always possible. And every fan of every team that has somebody who's a free agent, they always jump to sign and trade. Why? Because nobody wants to lose a guy for nothing. Nobody wants to lose a guy for nothing. Nobody wants a guy to walk away for no return. Toronto Raptors fans are talking about, do we sign and trade Fred VanVleet? Right? That's better than losing him for nothing. But it more often than not, that's not the way it goes down. Because it's just it's difficult. It's difficult to pull it off. 
Javante says, JHS's game is kind of like a taller version of Murray. Jamal Murray, I see that too. The pick and roll game. You can see it in how he manages pick and roll. And again, that's the question. How does that fit with LeBron? LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands. How does it fit with Austin, who's going to have the ball in his hands? How does that fit with Anthony Davis, who's going to have the ball in his hands? JHS, his best game is with the ball in his hands. But long-term, he still can be a great fit. And yeah, you do see some Jamal Murray to his game. Now, he's not the three-point shooter Jamal Murray is right now. But as that range extends, yep. And defensively, I think there's a lot of potential there for JHS. Julian, if we get Nas and even bring back D'Lo for $18 million, yeah, I would like that. That would be excellent. What are we getting here from... Uh, Shams, something just came in. Oh, just more undrafted guys. All right, again, this time of year, I was going to be paying attention to any of the news breaking. Uh, getting on is bring back D'Lo for $18 million. We'd be a massive team. Nobody under 6'4", and we could be a top three defensive team. I love what we're doing so far. Hope we can package Malik and Bamba for one more solid piece. Yeah, there's already rumors kind of out there about who might want Mo Bamba and stuff like that, but this that may be assuming the Lakers are not going to, they're going to waive him. On that 10.3 million, not necessarily the teams want to trade for him, but Nas Reed, yeah, bring back Dilo. Dilo is a big guard too. You'd be a pretty big team at that point, which I think is something that's good for the Lakers. I think you still need a little bit of size on the wing, but that could indeed be a really big team. Now, is the defense the best? Well, D'Angelo Russell, we know his defense isn't great, but still, you'd have pretty good size on the team. And that's something that Rob Palenka talked about last night, talked about positional size, not just, not just, Hey, we want a guard. We want a big guard. We want a guard who, when those, the warriors are shooting 53s a game and you've got a bunch of them bouncing long, we're going to be getting those rebounds instead of just getting smoked there, right? Giving up offensive board after off after offensive board, because the rebounds, the bounce long, that don't go to AD. We're not getting go bigger at these positions, gives you better opportunity to do that more length defensively, more physicality. I think that's what the Lakers ultimately want to be. Uh, as far as packaging Malik and Mobamba, yeah. But keep in mind, if you say you send them out for $27 million worth of salary coming back in, then you probably don't have your mid-level exception to use, which means no Nas. I think it's going to take at least a mid-level. In fact, it wouldn't shock me if the Wolves offered him like $15 million just to make sure he doesn't leave. Like, Because that's their advantage. They can offer him more than a mid-level. Wouldn't shock me if the Wolves did something like that because they know there's not a lot of bigs who can shoot threes that are available on the market. Brooke Lopez, Brooke may get 20 million right now. The Rockets are are talking to him or are going to be talking to him. What are they going to be willing to pay if they don't get James Harden? Maybe it's 20 million. Um, so that's the thing to watch. That's the thing to watch, right? If Brooke Lopez goes for that much. If Minnesota then says, okay, well, so many teams are interested in Nas, we're going to give him $15 million. then what do you do if you're the Lakers? What do you do to find a big? It's actually, in years past, we've been saying, well, there's tons of bigs on the market. Tons of bigs you can get for the veteran minimum that are serviceable. Pretty thin this year. Pretty thin, and the Lakers happen to need one. So how they find that big that they need is going to be one of the question marks of the offseason for sure. Uh, Andrew. So Trevor, I'm confused. What's wrong with running it back with a team that got to the Western Conference Finals in a short time? Can't they trade D'Lo midseason? Indeed. I think part of it is people just, we see big flashy moves going on and we go, oh, those teams are doing that. Why are we not doing anything? 
this is, look, we've seen the Lakers make big flashy moves and it not be such a good thing. How It's been, what, three years in a row now that the Lakers have been starting on opening night figuring it out. Trying to figure things out on the fly because they've got a new team, new faces, don't have chemistry built up, all that. This year, the possibility is that they can hit the ground running. That they're not going up against teams like the Warriors who've been playing together forever and just have that instant chemistry on night one. That the Lakers can be the team that's got instant chemistry on night one because they have a lot of the same pieces back for a team that was really good. Best team in the Western Conference post-trade deadline. Um, that said, clearly they weren't good enough to beat the Denver Nuggets. But again, we see a sweep and we go, oh my gosh, they got destroyed. Every game was pretty close. Like if you got an average D'Angelo Russell, that whole series might shift. But they didn't. But they weren't as far off as a sweep looks like. So you got to remember that too. Can they trade D'Lo midseason? Yes, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. If you make your big moves right now, you rob yourself of the potential to get into the season, look at your team and say, okay, what do we need? And then go get that thing by the trade deadline. What is it that we need? What if you get into the season and you say, oh, you know what? This guy turns out to be really good at this, this, and this. But we didn't, we thought he'd be good at this and he's not. We really, you know, we need another rebounder, right? And we didn't think we would. Well, now at the trade deadline, you can go after that. You can, okay, we need another rebounder. Let's go get player X. If you make all your big moves right now, you have no powder left. You get into the season and you find out, oh, shoot, we need another rebounder. It's really hard to go do that, right? So there is an advantage to waiting. There's a disadvantage too, right? There's a disadvantage too in that if, if what the pro your problems are are preventing you from winning games and you're sliding in the Western Conference, it's going to be a gauntlet, you can put yourself in dangerous territory and the Lakers did it last season. But if you believe that at worst, your team is good enough to stay afloat and you can really get a sense of what they have and don't and you can fix those things on the fly and maybe pack it, you know, sign d now, package him post-December 15th, why not? There's some benefit to doing that too. Benefit to doing that as well. That's for sure. All right. Um, we do have enough time to do a few more here. I think we do. But I do want to give a, a quick shout out before I do any more questions to uh, our final sponsor of the show. And that is Bird Dogs. Stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. I can tell you this. I was not expecting this when I put on these shorts. It's, um, they are cooling. Like my best way to describe it is it, it's like the other side of the pillow. Like you put them on and they just, like you just feel cooler and it's summer right now. So it's des definitely necessary, right? Much needed. You put them on and you just feel cooler. Like everything just feels cooler. Um, they have a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a slimmer fit and it uses uh, sweat wicking material that helps you keep cool and dry all day long like you literally do feel you just feel cooler it's amazing it really is um go to birddogs.com slash pool enter the promo code pool and you get a free yeti style tumbler which you guys have been watching the show i've been using on just about every single show you get this tumbler uh for free with your order and it's absolutely fantastic keeps everything nice and cold or hot but this time of year i'm keeping things cold uh, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Again, go check out birddogs.com slash pool. All right. Let's see what else we've got here. Do a few more. 
Guilty said, I don't get it since the trade we had, basically the best record, made it to the Western Conference Finals with only less than half a year together. Bring the guys back and see where we are at the deadline. Yeah, that's, again, you can make these moves. Not making a move now doesn't mean you don't make a move at the deadline, right? This just gives you a chance to evaluate what you've got. If the right move is there, then you take it, of course. But if the right move isn't there, well, you want to have the flexibility to say no. You want to have the ability to say no. This isn't the right move for us. Wicked Bronco. I don't think LeBron likes this move of not trading the pick. F them picks. Taking the Rams mindset there. We could have gotten a guy like JHS moving back. Could you? Was he still going to be there? I saw him mocked at like 13, 14 on most mock drafts. He wasn't going to be there at 17. Sounds like the Lakers aren't with LeBron's mindset. Maybe he ain't coming back. Max Lewis, I like. So because they didn't trade the 17th pick, I think LeBron's saying, that's it, I'm out. I'll see what happens in free agency and go from there. I don't think you could trade back and get JHS. We thought Jet Howard would be a trade back candidate, but he wound up going at 11. He went way earlier earlier than I thought. But um, I don't know. Like if you move back to 23, are you getting JHS? I would say almost certainly not. Again, most mocks had him well before the Lakers pick. The Lakers had ranked him as a lottery prospect. So, yeah, I, I, I would very much question whether or not he would be there if you move back in this draft. Uh, and then as far as not being with LeBron's mindset, I mean, how do we know that the Lakers weren't talking to LeBron about the pick? Certainly possible that they were. So I don't know. I wouldn't just assume that LeBron is desperate to trade the pick or whatever. I think what's more important is going to be what they're going to do in free agency. Who can they add? They've got some good pieces. And remember how happy LeBron was after this team was put together and they started winning post-trade deadline? LeBron's smart enough, I think, to see that you don't need a huge move. You need little tweaks right now around the edges to take you to the next, next level. You can overcorrect here. That's the concern. You can overcorrect. And if you do that, well, you go straight into the wall. You get Russell Westbrook. All right, Spencer, who is the Lakers' Austin Reeves this year? Well, the Lakers' Austin Reeves this year, based on the draft, is Colin Castleton, who had opportunities to go to teams, uh, second-round teams, and decline them because he wanted to be a Laker because he felt like the Lakers were the best fit. If you haven't seen Colin Castleton play, go check him out. I can't wait to see this guy in summer league average three blocks a game for Florida. He's older. He's a senior, but average three blocks a game. He's a really good passer and he can grab and go like the dude's 6'11, 240, and he can grab the ball and lead the fast break full speed down the floor, dribbling under control. It's impressive. Now, look, there's a reason why he was still there, right? I think he probably could have gone in the second round. I'm not saying he was like a lottery talent or something like that, but he felt like the Lakers were his best fit and declined opportunities to go to other teams in order to go to the Lakers. I, so I can't, so in that, that's what Austin did. Austin had opportunities to be drafted in the second round. He said, Nope, I want to go to the Lakers. And he made sure he went undrafted and he went there. And obviously the rest is history. We know what's going to happen this summer in just a few weeks with his contract, but Colin Castleton, super interesting. Super interesting. No, like Max Lewis is great. I'm excited for him. Excited for JHS in terms of who's that Austin Reeves guy. 
Colin Castleton has some potential to really be something here um, that could could become a piece for the Lakers down the road. We'll see. More likely than not, undrafted free agents doesn't amount to anything. But he's got a really intriguing skill set, and I can't wait to see him in summer league. Rez, can Zach Levine be something under the radar? Saw a report saying he doesn't want to go to New York. D'Lo, Malik, Moe, and Picks for Zach, I'd strongly consider. Depends. Are you convinced Zach Levine is the guy you want long-term? If the answer is yes, then you probably consider doing that. But other than that, you got to be careful. He's got a long-term deal. He's got a history of injuries. And is he truly a 1A guy? that you want to commit that kind of money to because he's getting 1A money. So you got to make that decision. And I don't think it's an obvious yes. It's not an obvious no either. It may be. Depends on what the picks are, perhaps. But you'd have to decide if you want to take that gamble. If you want to take that gamble or do you wait to see if something else comes along. He's interesting. I like Zach Levine. But, yeah. Ed, do we have any updates on Swider's game? Nothing concrete. Um, I'll talk to him soon and see what what he's been working on and see what what's going on there. But um, any update on, Swi on Swider's game? We know he shoots the hell out of the ball from three. The question is, can he defend at an NBA level? Uh, and that's one of the things I'm going to be watching at Summer League. Uh, Max and Max and JHS defense is going to be so fun during Summer League. Yes, I can't wait. The Lakers starting lineup at Summer League. JHS, Max Christie, Max Lewis, Cole Swider, Colin Castleton. It, the potential is there for that to be a lot of fun. Potential is there for that to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I can't wait for Summer League. Let's go. It's going to be a blast. And we get to get through free agency, which is always fun too, before that. Yeah. Sign and trade D'Lo to Phoenix, Aiton to Indy, Miles Turner to the Lakers. Are the Pacers giving up Miles Turner for Aiton on the contract Aiton's on now? I don't think so. Indy would also send Daniel Tice to Phoenix. Okay, so you're shedding a salary there. I and beyond that, do do the Lakers want? Well, the Lakers, yes, they would want Miles Turner, but I don't know that Indiana makes that move. I think Indiana is where that falls apart, uh, and then Phoenix as well. Do they really want D'Lo? They need defense, right? You've got Beal. You've got Booker. You've got Durant. Now, I know D'Lo is buddies with Devin Booker, but still, you need defense, guys. You don't need scorers. D'Lo's best fit is scoring. All right. Let's wrap things up there. It's a solid hour on a fun Friday. Kick off the weekend. Going to be an exciting weekend, you know, as free agency rumors come out. We'll be right here on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, breaking them down. But I want to thank everybody for joining me here today. Have a fantastic weekend and uh, get ready. Get ready because once free agency, free agency gets going, we're going to have tons of Lakers news coming out. Then we've got Summer League. It's going to be a blast. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. Until next time, see you and stay safe.